following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point for Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, they couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast glad to be with you for episode number 55 on this monday october 30th trick-or-treat tomorrow 2017 i am still however joe Murata, and this is still believe it or not Michael Quinn, how you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Trick or treat, sir. Spooky. <laughs> it's a spooky episode a, today. Boo! Scared you there. Uh, yeah. Folks, thank you so much for us not scaring you away and uh, for joining us again for another week as we walk and romp and run through the world, the whole entire world of retro wrestling. Thank you for your support, of course. All of these episodes here on episode number 55, we got some great stuff to talk about, Quinn. Yes, we do. Before we get to any of that, though, I suppose we should cover a few administrative things here. Yes, we should. Some some general tactics. You we can, always <laughs> tend to do that. We do. Uh, if you haven't yet, go follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And on Twitter, you can basically communicate with us via tweets. Yes, the tweets. Uh, you can leave the GIFs and the GIFs and the JPEGs and the... Oh, yeah, JPEGs. And the texts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any, anything that you want to put and send to at OVP Podcast on Twitter, you can do it. You can do it. It'll be great. Uh, you can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is O vppodcast at gmail.com can we get emails sometimes sometimes we do sometimes we don't <laughs> like the slickster yes exactly <laughs> sometimes it do sometimes it don't you know but, how he does that yes and that's that's a lot of hijinks right there and speaking of hijinks you can actually join the hot hop in place for all your retro wrestling discussion and Kerry von eric jokes and that would be our facebook group quinn Yes, it seems to be the hot hop in place of the retro world right now. Especially if you're Kerry Von Eric, you gotta hop. It's great. And uh, how can they get to that group there, Quinn? Well, they can go on (laughs) Facebook.foot and you can search our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Join the group. We'll let you in. We don't really have any restrictions no not really yeah. i mean you could talk to like such wrestling luminaries like chris cruz yeah uh, jameson mike mcgurk <laughs> yeah, she is there uh mac rivera yeah and of course our great fans our our wacky cast of characters there yeah don't forget david penzer he is there that's yeah. right and not only that we have a website which has everything any link to any single thing involving us yes it has all of the links <laughs> every link ovppodcast.com and there you can find a bunch of things, one of which is our Patreon. Yes. We launched that recently, and our Patreon has a couple of cool rewards tiers, Quinn. Yes, uh, the $3 reward tier, which is coming up. The first reward is coming out. Uh, in two in, days. In two days, yeah. Yeah, two Wednesday. Days, uh, you will be able to see the first live review in quite a while. That's right. Uh, I believe it's going to be a compilation of the month of March of 1982. That's correct, yes. So Quinn and I have returned to the video reviews as part of our Patreon content. And for donating only $3, you're able to access that tier. But we have a bunch of other things, and you should check it out. Yeah, we're happy to do what we can to provide the best content we can on the Patreon. Absolutely. So uh, thank you for anyone that has donated or that will. We really appreciate that. Quinn, we are hosted on SoundCloud. Not the only place to listen to us. Where where else are we? Well, there's Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and leave a review. Five stars, please. Even if you hate it. Um, (laughs) Go to 
You can go to Google Play Music, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Blueberry, Auto. Okay. Oh, oh, my God, Gorilla. Jeez. Goodness. goodness. But don't forget Auto. Yeah, Auto is yeah, very Otto, important. Auto, the, the most important. <laughs> and you know, Quinn, we used to be on the place to be nation.com. We no longer are, but there is one really good podcast on that network I want to give a shout out to. Oh, really? No. Yeah, that's our little brother. You ever heard of him? G.F. Allentown? Yes, Little Petey. Little Petey Winson. Brother Petey. <laughs> yes, Brother Petey hosts a great one-man show. Yes. Uh, very lonely yeah. over there. And it's called uh, Greetings from Allentown. And what he does is similar to what we do, but he does it by himself. Yeah, and one review the whole episode. Yeah, so it's different, but the same, and he's a little brother. Yeah, he's he's a tiny brother. <laughs> but it's a great show, so go check out GF Allentown. That is Greetings from Allentown. And one last thing, if you haven't yet, you can purchase the OVT. Yes. It's a white t-shirt with a logo on it, and you can find that at teespring.com. That is T-E-E-Spring.com slash OVP podcast. Well, as you folks know, if you are new, I'll explain. We've been doing a foundational series for the modern era this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we last left off in a very interesting state of professional wrestling. If you ever heard of that. (laughs) In 1990 or so, we were talking about how Vince McMahon, you know, Mm -hmm. the global empire, the World Wrestling Federation, had been experiencing heights that probably hadn't been thought possible for a North American, obviously, anyway, wrestling corporation. I don't think any (laughs) wrestling experienced those heights at that point. Even Japan was nowhere near that high either. Very good point. Yeah, no shit. And then over in WCW's end of things, the, the NWA was purchased. Well, technically, Jim Crockett Promotions which was the largest NWA member, was purchased by Ted Turner in 1988, and he was now on a quest, honestly, to basically be bigger than the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, although minus Jim Crockett. Well, we can do anything better than anybody else in the world. But we also mentioned how the territory system had been dying out by 1990 as the 90s started to roll around. However, there was one last holdout of the big three. By August of 1990, the American wrestling association Vern Gagne's promotion uh, that was based out of Minnesota was restricted to running closed studios for their ill-fated team challenge series mm-hmm. Scott Ledoux regained his senses after being knocked down and seeing the milkman holding the turkey and Jake Millman he took the turkey away and their last television taping took place on August 11th 1990 their champion at the time Larry Zabisco. New World Order. Vern Gagne would shut the doors on the AWA months after that last taping. Yeah. And officially call it quits by mid-1991. But how did a promotion that was at one point a breeding ground teeming with talent and into multiple areas in the Midwest and into Texas and part of the West, how did that become a closed studio in, in front of nobody with Larry Zabisco out of nowhere as the world <laughs> champion. I don't know! For that, we have to take you all the way back to the beginning of the AWA, Quinn, and that would be when they broke apart uh, Vern Gagne and Wally Carbo. <laughs> yes, Wally Carbo strikes again on this podcast. <laughs> they broke apart from the NWA, the yes. National Wrestling Alliance. And that was a big deal. That wasn't, you know, that's no small thing. Uh, the NWA was pretty tightly knit. They were the first to break off, period. I mean, yes, nobody had, I believe, in 1959. 59, yeah. 59. Yeah, that's uh, a full four years before the World Wrestling Federation or Worldwide Wide. Wrestling Federation at the time yep. would break off. 
It is. And they were, it was usually the same thing it always is. We want this guy to be champion. No, we want this guy to be champion. Basically, but in this case, it was the owner of this promotion wants to be the world champion, and he is not going to take shit. Yeah. And he's just going to be like, I'm the world champion. And that owner, of course, would be Vern Gagne, who was an Olympic athlete in the 1948 Olympics. Uh, very big, and we'll get into why and how, on the, the Olympic wrestling. He was very yes. big about that. He, was, he loved the Olympics. <laughs> so he forms the AWA, and in the 60s, even, it had some great stars. Like, names that you folks know, and I'm talking Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes. Yep. Dick Murdoch. The Crusher. Mm-hmm. Bruiser. Dick the Bruiser. Yeah. Like, a lot of big names. Even for the 60s. Baron Von Roschke. Yes, absolutely. I believe the Blackjacks were there towards the end of the 60s, early 70s. Weighing 269 pounds, Blackjack Lanza, and who says he's the best manager in the game today, gorgeous Bobby Heenan. And Vern's promotion was looked upon in the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, really, as on par with NWA. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And in fact, I would say... WWF. In the 60s and 70s, you might say that the AWA was bigger than the WWF. I think they might have been, actually. I mean, think about it. Like, guys like superstar Billy Graham, they yes. started there. They didn't start in WWF. Absolutely right. And guys like uh, Adrian Adonis were over there. Jesse Ventura was yeah. over there. A lot of big names yeah. started in the AWA. And that really is the, the crux of its legacy, I would say. And we'll, yeah. we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. So in the 70s, Vern Gagne is the champion, right? He is right. like Mr. I am professional Olympic wrestling champion or something. Yeah. Like he combined the Olympics now, with the pro. To be fair to Vern, I think it was a little heavy handed if you go back and watch the AWA DVD. Yeah. He really wasn't always the no, champion. Not always. Like a lot of times, like Mad Dog Vashon was the sure. champion. Like it's not like Vern had like a monopoly on the title. He had no. a lot of reigns mm-hmm. and it seemed like that. If somebody was leaving the territory or too big, it would just be passed to Vern in the meantime. Sure. And you know what? A lot of that comes back to, well, who is the owner of a promotion going to trust if he's a wrestler? Right. Exactly. Himself to be the yeah. champion, you know, because he ain't going to screw himself over. Right. Exactly. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. Now, Vern has a successful, you know, enterprise basically throughout the 70s. The guy was a millionaire in he's the 70s. Great. Like, that's a big deal. It was. I mean, like in, it was. I, I know a million dollars now m- may not carry the same weight. Yeah, but forty-five but, years yeah, ago. I mean, we're talking a day where people like salary men were probably making ten, twenty thousand sure. dollars a year. Absolutely. <laughs> in the seventies, yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. And what they had done over there was great because you know whether you liked it or not. And Quinn and I, you know, we AW is an acquired taste for us. Let's put it that way. We'll depends watch it when you're watching. When, yeah. yeah. But they had a distinct identity from the NWA and from the WWF. Yes. That that was for sure. And they had great talent, good yeah. television show. I it was okay. It, it was presented a little more colorful for its time. Mm-hmm. For its time. For its time. Brightly lit studios. Uh, those distinctive red, white, and yep. blue colors that really punched out on a color television yep. probably back then. And it, they looked, it had a good look to it. Absolutely. Featuring wrestling stars from the United States. Europe, England, Australia, Algeria, Canada, Puerto Rico, Japan. Great wrestling stars from all over the world. You ever hear Hulk Hogan? Yes. Okay. So just keep him in mind. Mm-hmm. Vern Gagne retires in 1981. Right. Now we need a new, you know, honestly, face of the company as the as the dominant champion. Like and, you said, Vern was. Not always the champion, right. but the guy that you can center and around. And up to that point, Vern had a go-to. He had a heel. He had Nick Bockwinkle. And he kept it as Nick Bockwinkle 
after he retired. Which, great wrestler, no problem with One Nick Bockwinkle, but, you know, at the beginning of the 80s, Bockwinkle's career is... Honestly, it's winding down. It's at it's like where like Cena's career is sort of now. It's yeah. winding down, but he's still like this is a guy that's good and people like it's not like he's like washed up or anything. Correct. Let's put it that way. He's still solid, he's still respected. Yeah. Now I have no desire to impress you at all. But Vern happened upon Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. who we've obviously talked about. Right. And Hulk Hogan had left Vince McMahon Sr.'s World Wrestling Federation in 1980 or 81. Film Rocky 3. And Vince Sr. did not like that Hogan was in Rocky 3. Right. As Thunderlips in the flesh, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thunderlips is here in the flesh, baby. So, Hogan was already wrestling in Japan at the time. Vern picked him up. Why the hell not? I would. Right. <laughs> Great I mean, look, very different. And by the way, he was he was pretty busy in Japan at that point. I mean, he was, I, I think he was in the first, like, G1 Climax, or it was called, like, MSG Tag League or something back then. Yeah, I think he was in that, in 83 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he won one of them. He did. He yeah. Noki, didn't he? Yeah, so he was, he was rocking and rolling in Japan, making good money, but yes, Vern is reintroducing him to America yep. in the American Wrestling Association. Exactly. So, from, in 1982... Hogan becomes a huge star in the AWA. Huge. Very big. Look into my eyes, McBuckwinkle. I am the people's champion. Because here's the thing about, and Quinn can speak on this too. Vern, as we mentioned, was very big on the legit Olympic backgrounds. And, yeah. and this, this is wrestling, folks. Mm-hmm. This is wrestling. It's not like amateur wrestling. You have to worry, worry, do not worry about the point system because there isn't any point system. Hogan didn't line up with Vern's vision of what a champion should be. At the same time, Vern felt he could groom Hogan. Exactly. He, he saw the stardom. He thought, I'm going to turn this guy into the next me, basically. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna teach him. Like, he thought, like, yeah. he really thought, I'm going to take him in the barn and I'm going to teach him wrestling. The barn. And he's not only is he going to be huge and look good, but he's also going to be able to handle himself on the mat. Didn't work. It didn't work. And wasn't necessary. I don't think it was because Hogan wasn't able to. It's no. because that wasn't. Nobody gave a shit no about that cared. in the 1980s. Now, Vern spent the better part of all of the 1980s trying to make Brad Reingans a big deal. Right. And we've talked about Brad Reingans. Or Greg Gagne. Or Greg Gagne, his son. Yeah. Ugh, and the High Flyers with Jim Brunzel. But basically what happened was the fans wanted Hogan. Right. Hulkamania did not start in the WWF. No, it didn't. Hulkamania started in the AWA. Right. When you meet Nick Bockwinkle for the world's heavyweight champion. You know some mean gene, it's now or never. Hulkamania's running wild, and it's 83. A big thing with that was merchandise. Yes. That was the big thing that Hogan kind of introduced. You know, I'm not saying he no. in general introduced. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying that he made it big. Like, he was the first person to sell merchandise that was... The amounts were so large that it was that, now a, a revenue stream of its own. Yes, it was like a thing that was producing millions of dollars. It wasn't just incidental or, yeah. or ancillary. You know, yeah. this now this is like, oh, we can also make a lot of money with a shirt. Right. Not whatever. only just with TV. Yes. You know, exactly. So finally, in 1983, Hulk Hogan and Nick Bockwinkle have yet another match. They had a bunch of them. Right. And, and back in 82, there had been a screw job finish where Hogan won the title, but didn't really. In 1983, Hogan and Bockwinkle have a match. Hogan apparently wins the title. Mm-hmm. Stanley Blackburn, the uh, AWA president, waddles down to ringside and reverses the decision. Because Hogan went over the top rope yes. or something. Here's a count. One, two, three. It's all over. Hulk Hogan has done it. 
ladies and gentlemen, I have just been informed by the referee that President Blackburn is of the opinion that Hulk Hogan threw Nick Bockwinkle over the top rope. Because of that, the Hulk is disqualified and the belt remains with Nick Bockwinkle. The fans were pissed. Yeah. But this is like pissed in the sense that like, holy crap, why can't Hogan just win the title? Right. They it's, were pissed it, it, off. The point is, it's like, this is the guy who should be the number one in the company. There's yeah. like no question at this point. Right. And even the fans know that. And I mean, it's the eight. By this point, people know wrestling's fixed. I mean, come on. They do. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a um poorly kept secret, yeah. obviously. It's 1983 by this yeah. point. Now, why didn't Vern put the title on Hogan this time? Why he had been reluctant before because of the Olympic thing and all that, but you mentioned the merchandising. So this was actually a Hogan objection. Yes, it was. Vern was, he said, I'm putting the title on you tonight. You know, Finally going to do it. However, not only do I want the merch, I want all your Japan revenues. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted all the money he made in Japan. He wanted that, too. <sighs> he wanted the merchandise, and the merchandise was the real key. And Hogan's nothing if he's not shrewd as a businessman. <laughs> right, and he basically said no. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't have a deal with Vince yet. No, not However, yet. However. It was only uh, April at this he point. He basically said, fuck you, no. Yeah. And he just, you know, he, he that, re- that finish happened. Yeah, like, so. Essentially, they, he, they changed the finish. They changed the finish. Hogan was supposed to win the title that night, become a big star. Um, what that would have done for the AWA, I don't know, because Vern's vision was certainly different than Vince McMahon's anyway. Well, I feel this is the moment. This is the turning point for Vern. Correct. This was either make or break. If he had just, I don't know, just made a deal. Yep. Some kind of agreement with Hulk and put the title on him. The rest would have been history. Yep. And we'd probably be watching AWA right now. It's possible. I don't know. It's fun to speculate, right? Yeah. Because it, you might be right. You might absolutely be right. I Hogan, mean, what would the McMahon, what would Vince McMahon be without Hulk Hogan? I don't know. That's a very good I, question I, yeah, to ask. So if, if Vern had made this the, the right decision here, mm-hmm. he would have been fine. I would think so, too, but yeah. it's hard to tell. But you you said it right, Quinn, as we uh, get to the end of the 80s here, you know, we'll, we'll walk the fans through. Uh, that was the turning point, because in 84, Hogan's gone by then. I must say this with Hogan leaving. Yeah. Everybody left with him. That's an important point to this, as Vern lost his roster because he couldn't deal with Hogan correctly. Hogan was one of the first of a big exodus of talent that yes. included Jesse Ventura, uh, that included Mean Gene Okerlund. Right. Within months, a mm-hmm. lot of people left. Bobby Heenan, yeah. who left in good faith. He did the right yeah. way. He's the only one. And it kind of got to a point where a lot of these guys that were mainstays were gone now. Yeah. They went to Vince. Right. And Vince did this on purpose. Like, he wanted these guys. He intentionally was doing this. Yeah. It wasn't the, an accident. But they they didn't leave for Vince. They left because Hulk was leaving, and they knew where the money was. They, they, knew, knew, Hulk, the, they yeah. knew Hulk was the bread and butter of the AWA, and that there was, <laughs> yeah. if he's gone, there's no AWA. Who gives a shit? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Vern, to his credit, kept the AWA going in a pretty interesting way. He had some good talent still throughout the mid and later 80s. Yeah, some weird choices for champions. Yeah, but he had Kurt Hennig, which yeah. was gave him a break, you know, a big break. Mm-hmm. Scott Hall made his name there. Mm-hmm. The Nasty Boys, believe it or not, Shawn, started there. Shawn Michaels. Sean and Marty. Yeah. Sherry Martell. Yeah. Medusa. Yep. There was a lot of big names there, but the problem is, is Vince would just keep taking them. <laughs> right, and Vern tried to sign them to, like, contracts, and ever, like, the only people who got roped into him, probably because they 
they were the youngest was the Rockers. Yes. And it's the only reason they didn't come in immediately. I know. And yeah. it was, it's sad because, you know, Vince even took freaking Rod Trongard, their <laughs> yeah. announcer, because he could. Yeah, exactly. Just because he could. Mm-hmm. So basically, as the 80s neared their end, 89, you know, Zabisco, our favorite, yeah. <laughs> comes uh, back. God. He comes back from the NWA. Right. Hello, everyone. There's Bill Apter from Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine. Larry Zabisco beating out Tom Zink at the end. 14 years. You've been after a world title. You finally realized your dream. I knew this 14 glorious years ago. You know, when I first met Bruno San Martino. Oh, come on! Now, he was Vern's son-in-law. Yes. <laughs> so, Vern can't put the belt on Greg because he's not good enough. Greg sucks. Let's yeah, be honest. To be I'm fair sorry. to Greg, he Greg should have been in the backstage because yes. from all accounts, from what I've heard about him and from what, like, how he talks and the people who talk about him, the guy knew the business, yeah. where it was going more than Vern did. No, he, he was wise with he, the business. He should have been running the company. He probably should have been. Yes. He had the physique of Kramer. So, yeah. like, it was done, yeah, being, exactly. done being a wrestler, yeah. all right? He yeah. didn't look like a wrestler. He just wasn't. He wasn't. He looked like an accountant. But he seemed like a pretty nice guy, a pretty level-headed, and knew the business. Right. And uh, that's not what happened, though. Uh, you know, Vern had the son-in-law as the world champion. Yeah, if I can't put the belt on Greg, I'll Ugh. put it on Larry. And then I think Masa Saito had yeah, it at one point in 19. He did have it. <laughs> and yeah. then, of course, a young Eric Bischoff was in this uh, federation as well. It's starting in, I believe, 89 or 88 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was just an announcer. Nothing. He didn't have any say in anything. No, like, no, no. He was just get, there. There's like some misconception out there. Apparently. That he was like the booker. Yeah, it's like, no, he was literally just like Sean Mooney, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Like, yeah. He was like a Sean Mooney. Welcome back to Championship Wrestling on ESPN. But honestly, by 1990... No one cared about the AWA anymore. No, no. Honestly. Yep. We had the WWF, you know, coming off of, let's say, WrestleMania 6, you know, and coming off their... an awesome show. Coming off their golden age, right? And the NWA slash WCW with a fantastic, like, mid and late 80s for Horsemen, uh, Flair Steamboat. The Flair Funk feud, I believe, had just ended around that time, too. And War Games had been a hot thing, and Starcade had been a hot thing throughout the 80s. Yeah. And now with the Turner money, obviously, again, we say they're finding their footing, Right. Because there was a lot of things that we'll get into later. Kind of to restart, but yeah. (laughs) But by the end of 1990, the AWA and its ill-fated Team Challenge series, they're they're closing up shop. Yeah. And it wasn't the Team Challenge series that put them under. It was that, basically, you know what the real bottom line here is? Is that Vern had a house. Yes. that, That was by a lake. And it Lake was a Minnetonka, va- right? Yes, it was a valuable property, yes. right? Now, the AWA had been hemorrhaging money for, for years at this point, and Vern had essentially been borrowing against the home. The the state of whatever the hell Lake Minnetonka is that, is that in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Okay, the state of Minnesota comes in and says we're going to build a park in, by this lake. Uh, right. Please leave. Like we're eminent domaining this place. Right. Vern fought it. He lost because it's eminent domain. You're not going to win. No, you're not. And you know they take the they take the property away from him, and now he's got nothing to borrow against. And now there's literally zero dollars left to uh, fund the American Wrestling Association. So it quietly closed its doors in the spring of 1991, officially, mm-hmm. officially, and it left a, a legacy of what could have been. Yes, is basically the best way to sum up the AWA. If only maybe Vern had actually been able to work something out with Hogan. Right, maybe things have been different. If only all of that talent hadn't left. Yep. If only Vern maybe had a different vision for the business and didn't rely so much on either nepotism 
<laughs> with yep. uh, Larry Zabisco his or his son. School, his old school ways. His old school ways yeah. and the Olympic background and yeah. all that. Um, but I'll tell you what, Quinn. They had a hell of a roster at various points, almost yes. any year. Yeah. It was a who's who of wrestling. It's true. And it deserves credit for that. Verd did have an eye for talent. But as 1990 comes to a close and 91 and 92 roll on, we have mentioned how the territories are pretty much a thing of the past. And the AWA is nowhere, but there is one NWA territory in the Northeast, Philadelphia to be exact, that is about to make a very big splash as the 90s start. Back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, a tag team extravaganza. Let the battle royale begin. Looks like Hawk is about to drop in on the fabulous ones. Uh-oh, the Baron's after the animal. Boo! Boo! But the animal has other plans. Will you look at this? Rick Martell is throwing Steve Kern right out of the ring. Oh, my. And the Hawk has Stan Lane all tied up. And he's mad. The battle royale playset comes complete with six figures, referee, and official wrestling ring. Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us for episode number 55 here on Monday, October 30th, 2017. Hey, Quinn. Yeah? Do you want to introduce the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley segment? Sure. What do we got? Well, this week, uh, Filippo Festuccia <laughs> oh, yeah, <him. laughs> has suggested a interesting topic here for the Mount Rushmore Death Valley. And it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WWF In Your House. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I guess we're going to go by the pay-per-view and like the weight of the main event. I think so. Because honestly, like the thing within your house is like... The matches for the full card aren't exactly, like... Tantalizing? Yeah, but usually the main events are really good. So that's going to play a major role with the weight of this. I think that's very fair. Now, In Your House, folks, very brief history here, was actually the WWF's uh, two-hour pay-per-view that started in May of 1995. Two hours of pay-per-view. And basically, that pay-per-view ran in any month where there wasn't already one. So it was May, July, September, October, December, February... It filled up all the other spots, so the WWF now finally had one every month. Which was something WCW was already doing. They were already the first to expand, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is when they first started, they were two-hour pay-per-views that were only fourteen ninety-five. Yes, they were cheap. That was the whole appeal. That was the whole appeal, is they were cheap. They were supposed to be, without WWF saying it, they were B pay-per-views. They were kind of like Saturday night's main event on pay-per-view. Very basically. good way to put yeah, it, yeah. Like, essentially... Yeah, and you had a hot main event usually, and then maybe another important match or two, but it wasn't sort of, yeah. It wasn't a super card, let's put it yeah. that way. But there were some good matches on these things, oh, I would yeah. say. There was some worthwhile stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess since you had the choice, I have the voice. Yes, technically here. I mean, Filippo yeah. had the choice. Filippo had the choice. I would have to say probably the best in-your-house main event would be from uh, Bad Blood, October of 1997. And because the main event does carry a lot of weight, especially on this specific show. Okay. It's a very long match. Bad Blood in Your House had Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in the first ever Hell in the Cell. It's a great one. That alone, I think, qualifies that as one of the best shows. I mean, it had other stuff. Yeah, I'm sure it did, but I mean, that is a you know milestone main event. 
for it the was. company. And not only that, though, I mean, it did have Owen Hart winning the IC title from Farouk. Which was a big deal at the time, yeah. It was. And the Bulldog and Brett fought the Patriot Invader, which was like, okay. And it a wasn't flag match. Great, it's yeah. like the height of all that, like, Canada yeah. versus the USA. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. But, I mean, honestly, that show is worth it for Michael's Undertaker. It's worth it because it's right before the formal start of the Attitude Era. Yeah, it's right. It is. It's like right before it. I do like that show a lot, and I and I like that match a lot. Um, however, there's one that sticks out at me that might be a little bit higher. Is the In Your House Final Four? I really like that one too, and that would be uh, February of 1997. Right. Great freaking main event. The there, main Quinn. event is awesome, and it's one of those In Your House main events that. I just remember, like, I remember watching it and being on the edge of my seat because it really was like, who is going to WrestleMania? Yeah. Now, the Royal Rumble had ended in, like, catastrophe because <laughs> of, like, Austin's actions. Here's basically what happened is uh, Brett won the Royal Rumble but didn't. Yeah. Austin really won the Royal Rumble even though he illegally eliminated Brett. Fine. So This was interesting it, at the time because, like, nobody... This was really weird. So Austin illegally eliminates Bret Hart, Vader, and The Undertaker. And the next in our Raw, Bret Hart's like, hey, this sucks. I'm quitting. And Gorilla's like, no, don't quit. <laughs> We're going to make sure that we have a Final Four match and the winner, the winner fights Shawn Michaels. So I quit. What I've done is this, Vince. I've put together a very unique match, a four-man elimination, no disqualification match. What? The winner of which will unquestionably face the World Wrestling Federation champion, whomever it may be, at WrestleMania 13. But in the meantime, like, Shawn Michaels is like, oh, I lost my smile. E-I-O. Yeah. Knee injury. Fake knee injury. Right, E-I-O. exactly. Yeah, so now the title's vacant, the Quinn. The title's vacant. And not only that, you have this four-way match now it's not a fatal four-way it's no. an elimination match but there's pins there's pins yeah <laughs> but it's also over the top rope like the royal rumble it's really weird it's really weird it's really fun oh i love it and now we got stone cold vader yep bret hart and the undertaker and the winner is the world champion <laughs> the right? world champion yes <laughs> and who won it uh bret the hitman fart undertaker knocks austin down Yeah, Brett yeah. Fart won it for his fourth world title that lasted a day. Yes. The next night, he lost it to Sid. And that, doesn't that lead to this is bullshit and all that? That like, was the month later, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the start of this like Brett's like, like slow descent. Right. This show always puts me in that moment where like, oh my God, Brett's turning heel. It's like, very interesting. Because this is like the real start of it here. It's also got a couple of other, other uh, interesting slices of life. You've got The Rock, Rocky Maivia, in his face run as the Intercontinental Champion yep. against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. A plucky Triple H here. <laughs> yep. And you've also got a Furnace on the Fawn and uh, they're really? boring as hell, yeah. but they wrestle a pretty good match here against Owen and Bulldog, the tag champions. With and I always Clarence like that. Mason, I may add. With Clarence. But it ends in disqualification, so I know. I don't Whatever, but and Jr. and the King do this pay per view without Vince. Which oh, was is that was that the first time or something? Happenstance, yeah. I don't okay. know why Vince wasn't there. That's weird. Now there's one more from '97 that I have to put up for nomination. Quinn, sure. 
it might actually be the best, better than the two we I mentioned. I think I know where you're going because everyone loves this one. And rightfully so. Yeah. Canadian Stampede. It's good. I'm not going to like dispute Canadian Stampede. Like that's I recently watched it again. Yeah. It's a great pay-per-view. Like, that, that's from the Saddle Dome in Calgary, July yeah. of 1997. And this was the absolute apex of the Canada-USA feud. Yeah, and not only that, it has a great Mankind versus Triple H match. It does. Um, it, That is a wild one. I believe they go in the crowd at the end of the match, but then they like come back later or mm-hmm. something. It also has a very good Undertaker-Vader match for the world title. Yeah, interestingly, it has the great Sasuke versus Takamichi Noku, which is like weird. It's weird. Like, it's, it's a Japanese match at like a Canadian event on a WWF pay-per-view. Was Dave Meltzer there? <laughs> yeah, it must have been five stars. Japanese match. No, I mean, I remember watching, I actually, like I said, I watched this recently. It's okay, whatever. But That uh, match, yeah, but the pay-per-view yeah. overall, the five, the ten-man tag yeah. main event, this is as good as this angle got. Yeah. Because now you have the hearts as these hometown heroes. Right, and now King is, like, reversed. Yeah, now King doesn't like the hearts again. Yeah, even though he, like just a knight. <laughs> he likes the hearts when they're in the U.S. and they're heel. Right. But when they're in Canada, he doesn't like them. Yeah. It's the, amazing. And the Raw before and after this pay-per-view were really good, too. Yeah, Like, I remember that. Well, isn't this where they alternated the few weeks back and forth between Canada and the yes, U.S. where Raw that's was? that's exactly what happened. So this angle was huge. So you had the Hart Foundation family here, which was Brett... Owen, Jim Neidhart, Bulldog, and Brian Pillman taking on Steve Austin's team. Of course, he doesn't want to be teaming with anybody. Oh, yeah. He's like, I hate all these people. (laughs) Fuck you. Like, basically. Like, he's just a dick to his whole team. And he's like, I need them to, like, because it's a five-man match. That's the only reason. Yeah. So it's Austin, Shamrock, Goldust, and the LOD. I believe Goldust replaced Shawn Michaels. It was supposed to be Shawn Michaels. Oh, really? But Goldust, if I recall, he's in the promos. He's like, he has some existing feud with, like, Pillman or something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's somebody. It's somebody like that. So the bottom line is that's an excellent match and yeah. uh, that's an excellent pay per view. And I'm actually totally fine with putting it on as number one because I don't think anything's going to top it, Quinn. Yeah, I, I think that's don't. probably the best in your house. Okay. But there's there's a lot of good ones. All right. Let's just say that. So for number one, we're going to put on July 97 Canadian Stampede. I would say, though, that Bad Blood and Final Four are also contenders. It'd yeah. Be- I mean, that was the height of In Your House. Let's was. be fair. Now, I know that... Um, which one was really good in 98? I want to say it was Unforgiven, the one right after WrestleMania. Uh, uh, do Love or Stone Cold? That freaking... Yeah, I remember that one, too. Awesome. And and the Over the Edge 98 is also good. The, the No DQ Falls Count Anywhere version of the Dude Love Austin match. Yeah. I don't know which pay-per-view is better. I really don't remember. But I think the first one, I think April 98. Well, I can go down the card for yeah, go you. Ahead. It, it, it's got a um, it's got a six-man tag with Farouk, Ken Shamrock, and Steve Blackman versus The Nation. Mm-hmm. It's got Triple H European title match against Owen Hart. Right, yeah, I remember that. It's got the new Midnight Express. Uh, versus the Rock and Roll. Versus the Rock and Roll God, Express. I remember that, too. Luna Vachon versus Sable. Right, Evening Gal match, the first ever. Yeah, it's got the New Age Outlaws versus LOG 2000. I remember that. Yeah, and it's got the Undertaker versus Kane on it, Inferno match. Yeah, you know what, this was like... And Dude Love versus yeah. Austin. This was really fun. Yeah, I don't it, know it, if it was it's a, the best. It was fun. Um, what's the... Does that also... There's Isn't there one where like... Um, Oh, that's like the next year Unforgiven, I think. Isn't there one where Pat Patterson faces uh, Gerald Briscoe in yeah. an evening gown match? There is, but I don't know which one that is. You know which one is also really good? Yeah. 
Good Friends, Better Enemies. That's April of 96, and I'll tell you why that one's good. This is the first uh, in your house and the first pay-per-view without Bret Hart after Shawn Michaels is now the world champion. Okay. And this is really good because not only in the, you know, in the main event was Shawn Michaels against Diesel in a no-holds-barred match for yeah, the world title. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. With like a Mad Dog Vashon's leg gets ripped off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. That's Maurice Vashon! What's he doing with, with those... It's got a pretty interesting Vader versus Razor Ramon match. That's weird. Very weird. Yeah. It's got like, you know, your typical tag scene, the body Donnas versus the Godwins, of course. Yeah. The warrior against Goldust is a piece of crap because like Goldust's <sighs> knee is injured. You know what I hated about that? I thought that the warrior was just going to win the Intercontinental I know. title again and he doesn't. You know what? Never like, mind. The, that was be, disappointing, actually. Besides the main event, there's nothing really good on this. I don't know. I have to say Final Four, Quinn. I'm fine with putting that I on really, as number two. Yeah, like, I really, really liked Final Four at the time. Okay. Like, I was a big fan of that paper. I still am. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and it, it just it hits at just the right time. Yep, I agree. You want to put it on for number yeah, two? number two, Final Four. So for number two, Final Four, February of 97. And I'm still thinking bad blood for for number three, but you have anything else in mind? What about uh, Revenge of the Taker? That's what April of '97. Austin versus Brett on it. Yeah, and the street fight, like the their lesser known match. Yeah, besides the WrestleMania, which isn't one. a bad match. No, it's good. Well, no, they didn't have any bad match to be honest. No, with they you. never did. Right? Yeah. What is it? Undertaker? It's also got Undertaker versus Mankind for the title. Yeah, that's the last like uh, time that they fight until ninety eight. What's that one much. where mankind fights Shawn Michaels? Mind games. Yes, Mind that's games. oh 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 yeah. oh that that I think has to make it because there's yeah. a few interesting things here. Yep, Owen and the Bulldog win the tag titles from the Smoking Guns, which I, love. I have no problem with that. It's heel versus heel, but it's another situation where people just love Owen and the Bulldog, right. so they're like all happy. Well, it does have Jose Lothario I wrestling know, at it. But ignore that. <laughs> It also has the one of the best matches that like ever for Shawn Michaels or Mankind. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and it, that's, that, I mean, I don't have a problem with that match. On the weight of that main event alone, plus that nice tag match, I could put that in without blinking because yeah. it's really fun. It also has the uh, Mark Henry versus Jerry the King Lawler. I think that's I during Mark Henry and the like his flag debut. tights or yeah, whatever. Flag tights. Also, it has uh, the ECW guys getting involved. Remember? That's the one, right? Like, yeah. I, I didn't want to like just say that, but it I is. was pretty sure that that was it. That's like, where Sandman, uh, Dreamer, and Paul Heyman okay. like spit yeah. beer at Savio Vega. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, on the on the merit of the main event alone, yeah, I would put it in because it's Shawn Michaels' mankind. It's excellent. Okay, and we put Final Four in already. We put Final Four in. But you know what? If we're going to put this in because of its main event when Michael's Mankind, we got to put Bad Blood in. Yeah, Bad Blood also. That's better. I think we almost got like two here unless we yeah. determine. But let's um put in the Bad Blood I first. think so. It actually is probably a better show. This yeah. is fun. Yeah. I also want to mention real quick before we put Bad Blood in. Mm-hmm. Starting with Ground Zero in September of 97. Yep. In Your House took a back seat in the branding. So whereas it used to be In right. Your House Final Four... Correct. In your house, Canadian Stampede. Now it was Ground Zero in your house. You know, Bad Blood in your house. Yep. Unforgiven in your house. And they actually, the last in your house, by the way, folks, you may not know this, 
was backlash in your house 1999 yes no one knows that because they were barely saying in your house by then no one i mean it is what it is they they decided in your house was uh passe or exactly so and also with ground zero in september of 97 they made every in your house three hours now they're like a normal pay-per-view now right but i think bad blood is better than um mind games yes so i think for number three bad blood october 97 sure all right Okay, well, we're on a tour to Force of 97, Quinn. Because- okay, well, I got another one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it's not 1997. Okay, it's, it's good. It's one of the, like, near the end ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Isn't that your, that good, it's though? It's in your house. Isn't that the one where, like, the big show appears or whatever? Yeah, it is. I thought it's- that was significant. It also has Mankind versus The Rock in a last man standing match. Yeah, and it's also got, like, Boss Man on it and shit like that. I mean, Gold dust and blue minion, uh, Like, God. I don't know. I'm not. I can't, Quinn. I just, for the significance of that, like, Andre's son is on it. I mean, <laughs> we, I, I just, I don't know. I just remember that seeming like a big deal. I mean, it was, but isn't Ground Zero pretty good, too, with the first Undertaker Shawn Michaels match and, like, Brett faces, I think, the Patriot? Yeah. Brett versus yeah. the Patriot. That's fun. Probably yeah. not the best, but it's fun. What about the one, um... With the Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, it was like the December ninety five house five or something. Yeah, December ninety five. Yeah, is the rest of that card good though? I, I don't know. I'm I love Bret. You know, wrestling a good match. Well, speaking of December pay per views, yeah. it's time. <laughs> I can't call that one of the best, but I love it. It's definitely not one of the worst. Listen, I need to. Can we just? I want to take a quick detour Go into ahead in your house. It's time, it's time Go because ahead, it. It is so good, Joe. Go ahead. Like, and then... it's not the best card, like, on paper, but it's <sighs> fun. Run it down. Flash Funk versus Leaf Cassidy. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog versus Razor Ramon and Diesel, but the fake edition. God. But that leads to that whole thing where, like, Austin, like, swirlies them in the bathroom. <laughs> like, and it's really funny. Now, why, if I may interject. Yeah. Why were Owen and the Bulldog always fighting other heels? It just like that's all what the they time. did. They were like ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They were always fighting yeah. heels. Yeah, exactly. But like they they were like ha- they had some issue with Stone Cold <laughs> for did. some reason. Even though he was like they didn't like Brett. Yeah, it was like, weird. They just didn't like him also. <laughs> they didn't like him either. And, and also it has that Undertaker versus the Executioner. That's where, like, fun. The, the Executioner like falls in like a lake or yeah, something. And mankind's uh, like, involved the whole like, time. A moat outside yes. the arena. It's like really ridiculous. Yeah. It's got Sid versus Bret Hart in, yeah. a, in a decent like world title match it's not bad it's not you're right it's i just not needed bad. to take a minute to like <sighs> give it's time some credit because people like shit on that pay-per-view all the time yeah, i don't know why it's really like, not bad scott keith especially yeah took a big dump on it i think that's what started you off on like your big defense of it no it needs to, anytime in your house is talked about it's time needs to get its proper credit fair enough all right you know what though i think if we're gonna be honest here mind games yeah, Mind Games is good. I think is number four. Yeah, definitely. Michael's Mankind. Yep. In a two-hour show, when you have that as like your half-hour main event, I know the finish is a DQ, right. but for entertainment value, that's a fun match. It's a great match. Plus, Owen and the Bulldog winning the tag titles and kicking off that run. I have no problem with that. These are good things about this pre-attitude era that we always talk about, yeah. Quinn. These are the good things. Yes, <laughs> these are the... The, the very rare good things. Yep. Oh, and also, you wouldn't find this in the results, but, like, Austin gives a very funny promo with Brian Pillman, I think, <laughs> at this, where Austin's like, I want to wrestle Bret Hart. Yeah. Like, that's at this pay-per-view. Okay. As soon as I rolled into the WWF, Bret Hart, you packed your bags and took your carcass back to Canada. Are you trying to say Bret Hart's a chicken? 
Bret Hart doesn't even qualify as being a chicken. He's a slimy substance that runs out of the south end of a chicken. <laughs> Let me make myself clear. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion All right, opinion I don't think Bret we Hart. have to go there. Yeah, it has to be yeah, mind games. Okay, so for number four, mind game September 96. Now, to recap for Donnie, yes. <laughs> because he has requested that we please recap, mm-hmm. we have the Mount Rushmore of In Your Houses being Canadian Stampede, July right. 97. We have Final Four from February of 97. We have Bad Blood, October of 97, and Mind Games, September of 96. Those are the best, but Quinn, give me one of the worst. What about In Your House 9 international incident and i will tell you why (laughs) this one popped out at me this is july 96 and i don't really remember it too much however the main event just looks so bad joe (laughs) what is it camp cornet which includes vader owen and the british bulldog Mm -hmm. versus the people's posse (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) not with the rock which you would think or like the mean street posse or something (laughs) because it's 96 of Shawn Michaels, yeah. Sid, and Ahmed Johnson. Oh my god. They they called it that? The People's Posse? The People's Posse. You know what's also on this pay-per-view? What? I'll tell you the card. Uh, the Body Donnas versus the Smoking Guns. That's horrible. Uh, Mankind versus Henry Godwin. Wait, why? Stone Cold versus Mark Marrow. And The Undertaker versus Goldust. <laughs> this sounds like a real stinker, Joe. And I don't particularly remember this being any good well to put this in perspective folks this is july 21st 1996 right Mm -hmm. you know what very important thing happened in july of 1996 in atlanta promotion oh yes the formation of a little thing new world odor called the new world odor yeah new world odor meanwhile the Over. Body Donnas yeah. <laughs> and Henry Godwin. Yes. And they wonder why WCW kicked their ass. Yep. This period of time, and I watched this as a fan, as an ardent WWF supporter, Yeah, even I knew that this sucked. Well, you know, Joe, the month before was also an equally stupid disaster because that was the pay-per-view where like the lights went out or whatever and they had to do it two nights. <laughs> yeah, May, right? In yeah, May, yes. Beware of dog. One and two, There's actually. There's technically two main <laughs> events because of the two nights. Like The first main event is British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels. Right, right. And the, I believe it's the Diana thing. That angle was going on yet. Stretched yeah. in the King of the Ring also. And the, the next night it's uh, Goldust versus The Undertaker in a casket match for the IC title. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I, I like your, your international incident pick. I'm yeah. volley one to you, though. Sure. You know, 97 had some really good ones, right? Three of the Rushmore come from 97. Mm-hmm. It also had a really horrible one. And that yes, was... Yes, it did. You, you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. <laughs> December 97's D-Generation X in your house. Yes. You know, they call it DX. You think... Mm. It's a DX pay-per-view. It's like, going be great. Yeah, which is the same thing we thought about the NWO sold-out pay-per-view, but this is basically the WWF's version of NWO sold-out. And it's somehow worse than the first sold-out. Yeah, it does have the light heavyweight tournament, if you care about that. What is that now? It's got the Takamichi Noku final on it. Against? Brian Christopher. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it did crown the first yeah, ever it crowned it. <laughs> light heavyweight championship. It would eventually be the WWF cruiserweight title. The light heavyweight waste of time is actually yeah. what it really was. Yeah. And it had some great things like Butterbean against Mark Merrow. <laughs> it had some Los Bro Requas action, which was like you could watch any Raw 
Oh and yeah, watch the DOA fight Los Bariquas, and they were fighting the DOA that didn't have Crush anymore. Which, <laughs> when Crush is the best part of your stable, yeah. you've got problems. I mean, he's usually the worst part <laughs> exactly. of any any group. So yeah, um, you know, one bright spot, and it's not like good, mm-hmm. but it has um Austin defeating the Rock. Yeah. But what was weird is that he gave it up the next night anyway, so it didn't matter. You know? <laughs> yeah, so who cares? I mean, that's like, that's this pay-per-view. Who cares? This pay-per-view kind of is who cares. This is the worst part of it, though. Well, yeah. actually, there's two worst things. I'll say mine, and then I know that you're going to agree with the other one okay. here. My least favorite part here is Triple H. <laughs> and this is like when he's like trying to be good in DX. Oh, great. Where he, remember, like he yeah. thinks he's good. I'm Mr. Good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm what people see DX for. It's this. Yeah. Polo shirts, yeah. you know, and feuding with and fighting here. <sighs> Sergeant Slaughter. You mean slobber yes. at this point? Now, Slaughter sucked yeah. in 97. Like, it isn't an admirable effort here. He's annoying at this point. Like, it's like, ah, oh, my teeth and, and my he, chin or whatever, and I'm going to handcuff you and get powder in my face all the time. And he's really terrible. Yeah. Like, he isn't good. He's fat and horrible. It's not like a good effort in the ring by him. Yeah, a boot camp match, which should be his signature. It's 18 minutes of excruciating pain. It is not fun. But, Quinn, the main event... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you, as a big Shawn Michaels fan, really didn't care about this one. Okay, so here's the deal with this pay-per-view. I did not watch it at the time because, you know, the next pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble because this is December, right? Yeah. And the reasoning was, I was like, there ain't no way in hell <laughs> Shawn Michaels is losing the world title to Ken Shamrock. <laughs> like, it is not happening. No, no matter what Scott tells me in... <laughs> in retrospect or whatever on that one thing we did where he was like saying that like Ken Shamrock should have been the best thing ever and should have beat Shawn Michaels. There is no way. Like, come on. It's Shawn Michaels. I know. No, you're right. You're right. And (laughs) why would you buy this pay-per-view? And Michaels honestly doesn't give any kind of a crap about that match too. Like he's very unprofessional about it. It's it's Christmas, man. I need to go home. (laughs) Like basically. Also Aztec warrior Jeff Jarrett fights like the undertaker or something. And and who cares? This pay-per-view is really bad. And the reason I can say that is because I've watched it mm-hmm. and it was hard to watch. It's a very, very bad. And if you're OK with it, Quinn, I want to put it in as number yeah, one. I've seen it as well, you know, after the fact that yeah. I didn't really particularly enjoy it or anything. So it, it's one of the worst. Yeah, it's bad. You want to put it in? Yeah, put it in. Number one, DX in your house, December 97. Die, die, die. All right. You got another one. What about, okay, this is up for discussion here, and I know you have your your reasons, but the first two in your houses are not very good. They're not. May and July of 95. Let's run down the card, Quinn. I'll do uh, July, you do May, okay? Okay, so for May, we got Bret Hart versus Hakushi, which is great. That is good, yeah. That's fine. Yep. I don't have a problem with that, but the rest of it is like, whatever. Uh, Ramon versus uh, Jeff Jarrett with the roadie in a handicap match Mm. with the roadie. Mm. And he's not good. That's where Savio Vega makes his debut. Yeah. That we can thank this pay-per-view for that. You ever want to see Mabel face Adam Bomb? No. You can watch this pay-per-view. Oh, good. Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Smoking Guns. <laughs> That's for the like... It, it's like a five-minute match. And it's not as fun as the WrestleMania one no, where they won the titles. They already won. Who cares? Yeah, you're like, right. <laughs> like, and they're true. not going to lose it back no. because they're good. I know. Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart. That's okay. It's not great. It's, it's not the kiss my foot one, I don't no, think, no, no. or and, anything like that. And King wins. Yeah. Remember? King does win. He actually wins. Count the pin. No! 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 Yes, yes! No! 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 Well, well, well! 
weird. Uh, Diesel versus Sid, which sucked. <sighs> that was the main event. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the one. That's the part. Now we put stinks. We put weight on the main events for the uh, for the best. Mm-hmm. I think we should do the same for the worst. Yeah. Diesel versus Sid is horrible. Yeah, it's not good. It's really bad, and it happens again. I'm going to run down the July one, so we have that on the on the books here as I think well. One of these should make it, show. Yeah, like, let's see. No, I think you might be right. The roadie versus the kid. That's okay. It's not a horrible match. Uh, men on a mission. Ugh. Anything with them, just please. Versus Razor and Savio. Yeah. How about this one? <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow versus Henry Godwin. Mm. Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Jarrett for the IC title. See, that's good. That's, that's a good match. And not only that, before that, Jarrett sings with my baby tonight. Mm. I can't disqualify this pay per view. And now this or is. I have to disqualify this yeah. pay per view, rather. What about this? Owen and Yoko versus the Allied Powers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is great. Casket match, The Undertaker against Kama. Ugh. You know, they did that in a dark match like the, the month before, the time before, but not yeah. a casket match, I think. I know. And in the main event, Diesel, the world champion, against Psycho Sid in a lumberjack match. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like, okay, so you got the Hakushi match with yeah. Bret Hart on the other one, right? Which is good. Yeah, but nothing else is really that good on the first one. But then you got the Sean Jarrett match, which saves in your house, too. Yeah. It does. Hmm. It does save it. But you know what? Here's a worse one. I have to run this one down, okay? Okay. This is In Your House 4, which didn't even have a subtitle because it sucks well, so much. Well, none of them did until like a couple <laughs> months later or whatever. So, Ready be, for this to one? To be fair. This is the worst In Your House of 95. I promise you. <laughs> okay. Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Making a Difference Fatu. Okay, that's pretty bad. The Smoking Guns, this is the only good match, took on the One Two Three Kid and Razor Ramon. That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Gold, I remember that. Goldust yeah. made his debut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, too. I like that because Goldust hair, remember? Yeah, Goldust hair. Do you like a Yokozuna against King Mabel? No. I never... Why is Yokozuna... A, is he a face there? No. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's just that they didn't like each other. And here is some great stuff. So, Shawn Michaels was a dick to people oh, God, in Syracuse. This, oh, I hate so this. So, he doesn't like losing the title in the ring ever. Yeah. I know this about Shawn Michaels. But he was hurt. Nah. So, yeah, he had like a slight bruise under his eye. Yeah, I'm sure he couldn't have taken a bump. Tell me a lie, Jeff. Yeah, he did tell a lie. He yeah. told plenty of them. So, he comes out in like the Kurt Hennig 1992 Memorial Windbreaker suit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then he gives the title to Dean Douglas, yeah. who sucks too. Dean Douglas! And then... Dean <laughs> Douglas! <laughs> <laughs> So then uh, Razor Ramon's like, hey, I'm in the click. And then he beats the fuck out of Douglas. He, <laughs> he like he destroys him. He like, like gives him no offense. Yeah. He pins him with like a vertical suplex. Yeah. And like Douglas's leg is on the ropes or something. And they right. don't, I don't know what happened here. It's awful. I got to see this again. Wait a minute. All right, let's go back to the replay. Take another look now. Here we go. Dean Douglas set up by Razor Ramon. So, both men. Shoulders are down. Razor's shoulders are down. We have a count of one. Look at the deep flag. It's all the way on the ring. Look. Look, look, look. No, it was a clear cut. No, look at his leg, McMahon. No, there was no leg. And then in the main event, this is what convinced Vince that this Diesel experiment was wrong. The main is event. This really? Is yes. This, is this the actual match where yeah. there's like no more Diesel? Brett, I mean, um, British Bulldog against Diesel for the world title. Awful. Ugh. And then Brett's like doing commentary the whole time. So, of course, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to beat a <laughs> Diesel or my brother-in-law for the title. 
And good damn thing he did at Survivor yeah. Series because the Diesel era was horrible. And this yeah. is the best example I remember, of how bad it was. Yeah, I remember that this somehow was the setup so the Bulldog could fight Bret Hart at the, the December. December one. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. That's pretty good. This yeah. is really bad. If you heard the card I just said, you won't find worse in 95. I'm telling you, this is the worst one of 95. Yeah, but the day bud of Goldust show. It's not like a good match or anything, Quinn. Yeah, it has making a different spot, too, on it. So it by has- virtue <laughs> of that, I must say yeah. that this is bad. Okay, so for number two, October 95, yeah. die, die, die. Die, die, die. Moving right along. What else are we thinking there, Michael? Well, didn't we have um? Didn't we have another one? Well, we were International thinking- incident. Remember that? We were thinking about that. You or, ran- the, or the double one. The one that yeah. Wait, can we just break down now? Because I'm curious the the two nights for each card. It's not good, but be my guest. It's okay. it's really bad. So the May 26, like the first the first, the first day of this in your house, the Sunday one. Yeah, uh, you got Mark Marrow versus Triple H, mm-hmm. Savio Vega versus Austin, which I believe that's when the lights went out. Yes. Yeah. So then you have Yokozuna versus Vader. Dark again? Dark though. No, yes. it was dark. Literally dark. <laughs> yeah, literally dark. All these matches are listed. Yeah, but like, they're all dark. Okay, so technically, actually, the only matches that happened were, were the, the first one, the first Mark Marrow versus Triple H, and, and then, then Savio and Austin. The lights go out right during Savio's in entrance. The middle. And then, and then the last Bulldog. match, Michael's Bulldog. So then they redo the card two nights later on Tuesday. Yeah, and they and they put Austin versus Savio again mm-hmm. in Caribbean strap match. Mm-hmm. And Vader versus Yokozuna. Yep. Goldust versus The Undertaker in a casket match. With Goldust wins? Goldust wins. Yes. I don't know why. What the hell, I don't man? know. It's a really, really weird card. <laughs> yeah. It's not good, though. I mean, just by virtue of, like, it was so bad that nature shut it down. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, but Quinn, it's not like... I mean, it's not... Okay, I'll say this. There's some decent stuff on there. Not, and that's decent for, like, when it happened. I have two words for you. People's posse. Yeah. People. International incident is worse. That is, like, the definition of a filler pay-per-view. Like, a six-man tag is your main event. <laughs> yeah. Camp Cornette. Yeah, and then the people's pot just for the people's posse alone, it should be in there. Die, 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 die. July ninety six international incident. Die, die, die. They did a much better international one the next year in July, and this, this okay. was just not good. This might be a controversial one. What? What about the buried alive? The one where like the Undertaker's hand like sticks out of the thing at the end or whatever. In ninety six, yeah, I believe it's the first ever buried alive. It's match. October ninety six. Let's run it down here. We got Austin versus Triple H. That was weird. Yeah, I think whatever. someone was subbing for somebody there because <laughs> they were both heel. Yeah, we got Owen and the Bulldog versus Smoking Guts again, and of course Owen win. Owen and Bulldog win. I love you, Owen. Yeah, Mark Marrow versus Goldust. For the IC title. That's before, like, who cared? Yeah, Sid versus Vader. I bet that wasn't good. The Undertaker versus Mankind in the Buried Alive match. The one, I believe that's the one where his hand comes out of that. I hated yeah, that. he dies and then he comes back and he's got leather on. Well, wasn't this just another excuse to, like, kill the Undertaker again yeah. so he could have, like, a big comeback? He comes back at Survivor Series and his stones are so cold. It's yeah. that version. That's the main event. Yeah. There's dark matches on this, but yeah, I'm but not going to say them. Although that crowd, I feel bad because they had to watch the Godwins versus the New Rockers right after Ooh, that Buried Alive match. So That's bad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's... That never stood out to me as a really, really bad one, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's very meh. Like It is. You know, the one from 96, the first one, February, isn't great. 
It's mm. it's saved by one good match. But let me run that one down. This is February '96, folks. This is a uh, Razor versus the Kid. That's the kiss my diaper match or whatever oh, the crybaby match oh that sucked <laughs> oh my god i remember that and i remember thinking like why are they doing this to the one two three kid because like weird. people liked him like i know there was nobody that did like him this was like pre-xbox yeah i know like people liked that character he was a good character as a heel he was yeah. really good as a yeah. heel how about this Hunter Hearst Helmsley against Duke Drozzi. Yeah, with Elizabeth Hilden. Who? I don't know. <laughs> Probably just some girl. Yokozuna defeated the British Bulldog. <laughs> what? Why were they fighting each other? Remember Yoko turned face? This is, okay, this is the face turn now? Yeah, he was I, face. Oh, man. Jim Cornette! For nearly three years, I stood in the shadows while you hot dog that spotlight. And that, that's what led to the taking him out on a forklift <laughs> like a couple months later, right? Yes. Here's the only good match of the show. Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart. Number one contender for the world title at WrestleMania 12. Which led to, of course, yeah. uh, Shawn versus Brett. Yeah. And in the main event, this horrible-ass cage match with Brett yeah, versus Diesel. This is Diesel. the bad Brett-Diesel match. This is no, the only well, most bad. Most of them are good. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. All, most of them are really yeah. good. And this is the one where Brett's like, you know, they treated me like a lame duck champion. And <laughs> I, I, I tried to have a good match yeah. against Diesel, but I'm there. And Sean, Sean's getting video packages. You know, that type of thing. I will say, I, sometimes like looking at the dark matches is kind of funny. Why? Like, um, actually, the free-for-all had a Jake Roberts versus Tatanka match on it. Ew! <laughs> yeah, and the dark matches uh, had the Godwins versus the Body Donnas, which was an ongoing feud, and mm. the Undertaker versus Goldust, mm. which they would eventually just do anyway. I have a, a dark horse for you, Quinn. Okay, for bad? Yeah. Okay. Judgment Day 98, and here, here's why. I'm going to run it down, and I want you to remember what was going on during this period of time, okay? Okay. Judgment Day 98, folks, is October of 98. It is sandwiched between the very good summer of 1998. Right. Where things were really great. Yeah. And the last good gasp from Vince Russo, which was Survivor Series 98. So that's a good thing he did, in my opinion. Yep. Here's the card. October of 98. Al Snow versus Mark Merrow. Eh. LOD 2000. Animal, Hawk, and Draws defeated the DOA... With Paul Ellering. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. I, I can't. Christian defeated Taka Michinoku. <laughs> okay, whatever. That's when Christian was a light heavyweight, right? Gold, yeah. Goldust. That's, he won the title. Goldust defeated Val Venus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> X-Pac defeated D'Lo. That's probably okay. Yeah. The Headbangers defeated the New Age Outlaws by DQ. Oh. Ken Shamrock defeated Mankind. Yeah. Mark Henry defeated The Rock. That's weird. Really weird. And then Kane versus The Undertaker this is for like, the world title. Yeah, isn't this the thing that like they kept fighting each other yes. and then eventually led to the deadly game? But like Austin's the special ref. This is the problem here. The title's vacant yeah. and no one won it at this pay-per-view. Well, okay. And that's why I hate this pay-per-view. However, that led to Deadly Survivor game. Survivor Series, I yeah, know. Which was awesome. And okay, I will say this. Yeah. No matter like what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. You, Everything was fun at this time. Like, no matter how <sighs> shitty this is, I guarantee you, you would enjoy watching it more than any of those, like, 1995 in your houses. Here's like, why I don't know, Quinn, because by, by this time in 98 and continuing through 99 until, you know, the 2000s, the wrestling on Raw yeah. and SmackDown. I know, it was bad. After this, was 90-second matches, five-minute right. matches at most, right? I get it. So the crowds 
and thus the fans that bought these pay-per-views were not conditioned to see these 12-minute matches. Right, that's so not even that long. It's all entrance and catchphrase and then deadness yeah. for minutes at a time, unless it's like an Austin match or something. So I don't know. I it's, get what you're saying, but I also kind of dig the fact, because it's unique. Yeah. I know it's like it sounds stupid on paper, but I love the idea that Kane and The Undertaker fight and they still can't resolve the title. And it's like kind of leads to like an actual story. Okay, like that's I hadn't I never had a problem with that because at the time, probably I was like, this is weird. What the fuck? Right. Right, right. Like when you see how the deadly game all pans out, you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. fair enough. Yeah. You just want to put the first one on or I mean, no, the first one's not that bad. Yeah, I actually that one that first one in 96 is really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yoko versus bad. And the the double night one is really terrible. It. You know what? Okay, yeah, like that's, I'm with you. That's really dumb. Because here's the here's my main problem with that with that whole period of time, which yeah. is basically post WrestleMania 12 until until the pre Attitude yeah. Era. Basically, April of '96 until about September October '96 is so bland. Yeah, there's nothing happening. That's the thing, and it's not Shawn Michaels' fault. Like he's great. Yeah, he's having they really have good matches. To book they have nothing. It's so bland. It, it, it always pissed me off too. Be as a Shawn Michaels fan, I was like. Really, he's finally the champion, and there's like nothing there's they can nothing. do with him. They like, had nobody. That, that sucks. Like that's yeah. such a waste of a reign. Yeah. And I mean, they, when you the most interesting part of the match you could or, or the pay per view you can say is that there was a thunderstorm and it split it in two nights. <laughs> and that says a lot about the pay per view. For number four, in your house, beware of dog. Die, die, die. All right. Well, a recap for Donnie because yeah. he requested that we recap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For the worst, we have Degeneration X in your house from December of 97. We have In Your House 4 from October of 95. <laughs> we have In Your House 9 International Incident July of 1996. And we have In Your House 8 Beware of Dog 1 and 2 <laughs> yeah. from May of 1996. That is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of In Your House pay-per-views. Thank you to our good Italian friend, Filippo Festuccia for the suggestion. Quinn, we have a flight to catch because when we come back, we are reviewing something. Back after this. Are you ready? The showstopper. Sexy. The main event. HBK. The icon, Shawn Michaels, battles Ken Shamrock for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. DX can play anyone for a Sucker! <laughs> Triple H. Triple H. There's one piece of artillery I'm not gonna use. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Battle Sergeant Slaughter. I'm gonna save that for your old lady. And, and it's a big... Oh, girl. Degeneration X. I want you. That's a sick thing. I you. How low will these human beings do? Come play with me. Degeneration X. Generation X. Degenerate me. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is time for our last segment. Quinn and I just had a really long flight, didn't we, Quinn? Yeah. <laughs> you know where we landed, though? 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Japan. Yeah. We're here. We're here in Japan. I don't know what is going on in the city, actually, I don't when know. as I look around All here. All I know is we need to go to the Egg Dome yes, or, or something, something like Sumo Hall. What make, is it? Make sure we pick up some sushi on <laughs> yes. the way. Can we go to Ribera, actually, later? Oh, of course. We got to get our Ribera codes. Yes, exactly. I mean, we're wrestling personalities now, Joe. Obviously. Uh, so we're the media, right? Yeah. <laughs> Us Ribera, and Meltzer. That, that's that's going to be a goal this show eventually, <laughs> yeah, is that sure. me and Joe go to Japan yeah. and we get Ribera jackets. <laughs> okay, well, let's see how that goes. Uh, yeah. Patreon goal, actually, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, you know, between uh, us and Dave Meltzer, I think we're the two preeminent experts of Japanese wrestling. Well, we know that every match in Japan is a five-star match. Exactly. Sometimes six, but that's not as common. That's like We rare. don't want to go crazy yeah, here. Come on. So let's see what kind of matches we have today, because we are going all the way back, folks, to... February 22nd, 1992, to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, this is and still is and was at the time the Japanese wrestling that mattered. Yes, New Japan was the top fed. It still is. It still is. Um, This is back in a, a hot period for them. You know, they, they have a lot of stars that we know of, a lot of working relationships. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, it's very hard to find New Japan television. It is the actual regular TV show. This was something I had to like seek out and find somebody yes. that knew where it was. Like and it was not like uh, so if you're looking for this, good luck. Yeah. And yeah. you know who you are out there that provided this to us, uh, yeah. but for the sake of things, we're not going to say who it was. Right. But exactly. you know who you are and thank you very much for providing this. So this was their weekly Japanese television show. Yes. Like, they're superstars, basically. Yeah, they're I, Cindy. They're, they're Cindy, <laughs> if you will, and I, I think it's on TV uh, Shy or something like I that. I could is. be mistaken. Maybe this is on Samurai TV. <laughs> There's only, like, is. two channels they've ever been on. So Right. You want to get right into it? Let's do it. Well, the show certainly does, because we have a cold open. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Chris Ben... <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, did you see Chris Ben... <laughs> in the ring? I thought this was Wild Pegasus. No, uh, well, Wild Pegasus is Chris Ben... Chris behind Yes, say. Chris Wow, really? Yes. Now, he is the unmasked version, the wild Pegasus version. Right. He's all very wild. <laughs> very wild. Not as wild as he would become. A very wild Yeah. Not as yeah. wild as he was in 2007, but yeah. still, nonetheless, very wild. Yeah. And uh, he's got his blue tights on. Yes. And he's fighting Quinn Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes, a, a classic wrestler. We know about him. He was on WCW. Yep. Was, I think he's been in WWE before now. I think he had a match in NXT recently. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. See, back then he was a classic. Now he's an antique. Thank you. Now he just loses every yeah, time. Loses. This is like when he actually won matches. Yeah. Or and wasn't oh, in yeah. six men tag matches all the time. And this is yeah, no, totally right. And this is a few years before he had his brain tumor that he was diagnosed with, yeah. I think, in ninety five or six. But you know, I have one major problem, Quinn. What? I cannot understand the announcers. Yeah, what they, I don't what know is what this? they're saying, man. God. We now might have to get a translator in here. Yeah. Do we have one actually? Well, we, don't we have Japanese fans? No. Could you imagine? <laughs> I don't if think they, we do. Could you imagine if, like, the fact that it's going to say New Japan on the title of this episode, that if they actually, like... I don't think so, Like, Quinn. oh, thank you for finally getting to the New Japan wrestling. <laughs> I really don't think so. Yeah. Now, in the midst of this, we get the theme to the show and clips of the match. Yes, they just... What the hell like, is this? It's just, like, a happy, like, I'm, like, dancing around. Like, it's the happiest music with, like, Japanese letters all over the place. There's, like, Japanese credits, but, and they're clipping around the match. What? I don't understand. So we get the intro of the wrestlers. Right. Then the intro of the show, and the theme music shows clips of the match that we haven't seen yet. Right. 
It just shows what? you things that are going to happen. And that's how they do this show, and I guess. And it goes to commercial. Yeah, so we got commercial for, I think, like, is a clear juice or something. <laughs> this, okay, this is, guys, I'm just going to put it out there. This is, like, the main event of this review is I the guess. commercials are bizarre. They're really weird. We don't know what they're saying most of the time, but apparently this juice goes good with sushi. I yeah. think it's juice. It could have been, like, motor oil. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it could have been sake for all we it know. It could have been. Or it could have been, like, coconut water Maybe. made out of flowers. It yeah. was very flowery. Very flowery. Then we get golf tips. Uh, Shoe can do golf. Shoe can do golf. Do golf books. Yes. So it's like these are books. Yeah, books. That they give you maps of the courses. I'm not making this up. No, it's real. They, they give you maps of the courses. Yes. And then there's like volumes of them. It's like add it to your bookshelf. And it showed like hundreds of do books. Yeah. What kind of jerk has like 27 like do books on Who golf? Who the hell reads about golf? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Was it like new in Japan or something maybe. in the 90s? Or maybe just people. It, it was like very competitive. Because, like, the wrestling's very competitive, so I would think that the golf mm. would be. So you got to get an edge on the opponent. Yeah, well, the, the culture in general is very yeah. competitive and disciplined. Meanwhile, a chicken chases a villain in downtown shitty 1950s Tokyo by McDonald's. Yep, that's a <laughs> McDonald's commercial, all right, <laughs> back in to, Japan. Back to the ring and gets yeah. booed after a soup play. Right. L- Liger with a drop kick and a soup play to the outside. And Quinn, you said to me they really like to put shit on the screen oh, in Japan. Oh, yeah, there's shit all on the screen. Like, this is a constant thing in Japanese. If you've ever seen Japanese television, because right. I've seen, like, other shows just for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. And there's always, like, some shit all over the screen. Like, and no exception here with the wrestling. You say for the sake of it? You mean yeah. for the sake of it? For the sake of it, yes. Thank you. Of course. Side headlock by Liger into a head scissors. That lasts for a little while. Ben blue tights by the way they match the ring apron I just want to point that out very yeah. blue electric chair drop to power out by and a nice German play by yeah and this ref is fat huh? <laughs> yeah and you didn't like the way he counted either yeah it's again you remember dainty ref a couple months ago yes I do uh, the, like like yeah, <laughs> he's not as dainty, like, but he doesn't raise his hand. He's stiff. Yeah, he's very <laughs> stiff. He's very. Everything is very serious in New Japan. I mean, like, they don't have humor over there. Yeah, they don't even have like the turnbuckle individual pads. They no. just use one pad. Super efficient. Like one big boxing pad, basically. Yeah. Gets a head scissors of his own, and now Liger escapes into a surfboard, into a dragon sleeper awesome. surfboard. This match is good. This by the is way. good. Yeah, this is a good match. And then he lets go. It's a good match. Side headlock by Liger. It, into a big off the ropes exchange like a back and forth like you would see yeah. to this day right and this is where quinn brought up a good point he's like what they're doing in the ring is so much more advanced than what wwf and wcw was doing in 92 yeah, this is 1992 we're talking about right this match could fit into like now this would be yes. on like raw or today. nxt yeah or nxt or roh something. so i have to say like it's no coincidence that wrestling fans who really liked wrestling back then mm-hmm. were like seeking this out on VHS tape and stuff at the yeah. time. Because if you said, wait, there's like better matches somewhere else, like you would say like, okay, who cares about the language? I just want to see the good match. Sure, sure. And, and here you go. And this is what it was. Yeah. So I'll give him credit. This really is actually very good, especially when you consider when it was taking place. Yeah. So wins this exchange with a clothesline and a big body slam and then a big splash from the top rope for two. He heads back up for a second splash, but this time Liger gets the knees up and then Liger backdrops him over the ropes, does an acai moonsault to yeah, the damn. outside. What? To the outside in yes. 1992? What the hell is going on it's here? freaking awesome. Yeah. This is really good. 
Kyle reverses a back suplex off the top rope back in the ring for two, and then a body slam, and he hits a leg drop from the top yeah. for two. Then Lager with a nasty sit-out pile driver Insane. for a very close two count. Yeah, I a, lot of close, was... a lot of close counts. It seems to be a thing in Japan. Yeah. A lot of close counts. I actually thought that was the finish because yeah. of how great that pile driver was. I mean, there's was. a ton of moves that could be the finish. But yeah. Dude, so, you know how we always complain that, oh, too many, you know, f- false finishes and spots and stuff? You have to remember, nobody was doing this right. in here. So here, this is actually acceptable because this is actually like a new thing. Right. <laughs> you know? And different strokes for different folks. But, I mean, this beats the shit out of Sting and Luger, which was the Starcade, I'm sorry, the Super Brawl 92 main event. Yeah. And it really does beat the shit out of a lot of the stuff WWF was doing. I mean, Although, come on. You know, WrestleMania 8 was coming up, and that was a pretty good show. Oh, yeah, and the Royal Rumble had just passed, and that was yeah. very good, but this is on a different level. This is on a different, this is a different type of thing. Different type of thing, exactly. So then Ben reverses another pile driver into his own tombstone. Tombstone. <laughs> and That's then, the Undertaker's yes. finisher. And then he hits the flying headbutt for, for two. Two. Insane. How, wow. What the hell? So Liger's gimmick must be he can take a beating. He's John like, Cena. Yeah, he's like John Cena. <laughs> you like, just can't beat him. Yeah, because can't there's guys either. we see later in the show, they don't take beatings no. like this even. So No, 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 yeah. not at all. So then Liger now reverses his pile driver with a reverse O'Connor roll for the win. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome. And Beautiful. then quick cut to the commercials. <laughs> uh, buy some sake. Yeah, sake, sake. And then some lady sneezes because of like video game this nose is, holes. This is my favorite commercial because it like, what? It, it's like it flashes like yellow all over the screen and like closes up on her face. I don't know what this and was. And she's in like a pink dress and she's like, <laughs> and like, <just laughs> she's like, Urkel. <laughs> yeah, she's like Urkel. And then she like, she sneezes and then they like show us like the map of her nose. Yeah. And it's getting like plugged up by like, the medicine, I guess. I guess. And making the germs go. It's so weird. It's very, very strange. It's the weirdest commercial out of all of them, in my opinion. And this one's weird, too. You could drive your car through the snow to a hotel if you don't like your boyfriend. Yeah, what's the deal? This is the not the first or not the last it's the it's these hotel commercials why are hotels advertising like it's very specific hotels yes. so it's like you can clearly tell they're putting an address on the screen yes exactly like, and then we get quinn a um a bunch of american people taking weird ass pictures with a dog and a bride or something <laughs> your favorite and it's for <laughs> blendy coffee yeah blendy by the way, remember the jo- <laughs> remember the joke in the nineties that like people would make commercials in Japan and they'd be like millionaires. I guarantee you, all these people got paid like some exorbitant amount of money to make like a cheap commercial. You think in so? Japan? You think so? Yeah, because they would take anyone American and put them in commercials, as we could see by these commercials right here. That's true. Yeah. Blendy coffee. And then another commercial, Yoko Ono's sister likes vacuums or something. I don't know what that was about. She's like, it looks like some kind of Japanese pop star singing about (laughs) vacuums. Like, quite literally. There's thousands of women vacuuming in the back, and then it, like, closes up on vacuums, like, picking up eggs or something. (laughs) really weird. Then some creepy people drink sake somewhere. I don't know. It's like post-apocalyptic Tokyo now. I, I love the amount of liquor commercials yeah. during wrestling isn't this amazing oh you got to drink and watch i guess yeah then we have a match we have a tag team a match a, a, a six-man tag team match mm-hmm. it is kimura uh saito which i don't know which one i'm not gonna pretend but he's fat it's the fat one the with fat like a one. goatee i'm pretty sure it's, it's a masa saito yeah i'm pretty sure it's the one from like wwf fine yeah and then ricky choshu yes really yeah versus hashimoto 
<sighs> Masa Chono. I don't yeah. like him for the record. I the really don't like leader Masa of Chono. NWO Japan. Stop, Jeff. stop it. <laughs> He's also the guy that defeated Luthez in Fez's last match in 1990. Wonderful. 1990. Why was Luthez wrestling in 1990? Just because. And Akira Nogame. Oh, okay. Great. I care so much. This wrestle, is, wrestle, this, wrestle. This is probably the worst thing on the card. It is. This, it's a match, that's for sure. And you said to me, Quinn, even you, Mr. Yeah. Defender over here, said that it just looks like a bunch of fat Japanese guys fighting. Yes, this is the definition of fat Japanese guys fighting. <laughs> like, other than Chono, who's like Mr. Sports over here. Yeah, and we know who Ricky Choshu is, fine, yeah. and Saito, but still. Oh, by the way, Japanese Greg Valentine. Yes, there is a guy. I don't know which one it is, so don't. Yeah, sorry. He, he's got the black trunks with the white uh, boots. Yes. And he has no knee pads. Yeah. So Joe already hates him. Yes. He, but he looks like Greg Valentine. Like yeah. when he was like with the honky tonk. Yes, band. like rhythm and like, blues he version. Looks exactly like him. <laughs> he does. And everyone's like a big asshole in this match, too. It's like <laughs> everything's like, I'm gonna put you in this move. Oh wait, it's a tag match. Let me break that up. It's true. Yeah. There's no like comp- it's it's not fair. Like everyone yeah. just keeps breaking everything up. I have no idea what's going on. Quinn said it's pretty much like every preliminary match ever in Japan. Yeah, so if you don't know much about Japanese wrestling, like usually at the beginning of a show, they'll have like what they're called young boys. Yes. It's basically any guy in black trunks and black boots and they're guys that are like learning how to wrestle or whatever they're they're younger yeah and anywho they'll have like one star on each side of the team and Mm -hmm. two guys who are younger right so clearly like chono and saito are the veterans and these they got these ricky choshu is a veteran too oh ricky choshu too okay but there's like a young boy there's young boys there there's one or two of them Mm -hmm. and basically it's just these guys aren't scheduled for a big feud so they're gonna wrestle a match like the first two matches are going to be like that these kind of things yeah it's always six man tags like this is literally this is a match yeah that's what it is like there to fill time like while people file in Mm -hmm. so the heels or whoever dominates it doesn't matter and chono gets the warm tag (laughs) and does some uninspiring offense stf into a ton of like head punches by chono yeah and stomps and then an st hair pull <laughs> into an sts chono's pretty vicious huh yeah, and yeah. A, a lot of stepping over and toe holding here yep. by the way someone else tags in i don't know who i don't care folks to be honest guy i don't with the green tights great the i don't only guy with like yeah. non-black or white tights he is wearing green tights lime green yeah then chono tags out to him Big drop kick by Green Tights. Baseball slide to the outside by Green Tights. Back in, and Karate Fat Pants comes in with a running horrible. I don't even know what it was. It was just <laughs> he fatted into him. I gotta say, though, the ref attire, I, yeah. I just noticed it because there's actually a consistency. I very, like when they a nice white polo shirt with the black pants. Yes. I will say that is solid ref attire. And the refs are treated uh, somewhat with dignity, yeah. somewhat with respect, mm-hmm. you know? Definitely above the WWF refs. Oh, yeah. They're not paper. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, these guys will get in your face. Yeah, they're more like the ECW refs. Yeah. Kind of like Jim Molino. So anyway, Scorpion hold by Chono for like a second, like literally a second. (laughs) Now, what's interesting is Ricky Choshu was the one that invented the Scorpion hold. Wait, you mean the sharpshooter? Yes. (laughs) The Scorpion hold is the sharpshooter. Great. Uh, Also known as the Scorpion Deathlock. But the Scorpion hold here is being used by Chono. So is the inference here that Ricky Choshu taught him? Maybe. The Scorpion Hold, because they're on the same team. I I didn't think of that. See? Ah. Now, Fat Saito fights Fat Pants here. Fat (laughs) Pants is the chubby guy with, like, the black karate pants on. Okay, the long... The only guy with the long pants and a mullet. Yeah, not Greg Valentine, not Lime Green. (laughs) I think it might be Ricky Choshu. Are you sure? I don't know. I don't know. I thought Ricky Choshu had short hair. This stinks. Okay, can we just say that much? Wait a sec. Was Ricky Choshu the guy I thought was a young boy? Maybe? 
Because he had black tights and black boots. It's possible. Oh, God. <laughs> so then we get a scorpion hold by Valentine here, but he no-sells kicks by Chono. Backbreaker by Fat Saito. Chono with a Samoan drop, which should really be called a Japanese drop. Yep. And then the green guy here with a splash, but Saito just like fats into him. It's a peel six. Get it? Yeah, I got Pier you. Pier six. You yeah. know, they, they don't Pier. know how to pronounce their yeah, R's. I, in it. English. I, I, Thank I got you. you. Black Trunks guy on Fat Saito's team <laughs> gets a powerbomb on whoever for the win. I don't care. Awesome. I don't know what happened. Get back to the commercials, though. Okay. That's how about, important. How about a bunch of beach balls falling from the sky at this hotel? Yeah, more hotel ads, uh, more beach balls, more fun. The laughing. Oh, like, yeah. Ha, 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 yeah. Ha. Then a bunch of American people say shit about a fax machine, <laughs> yeah. and they end it by being like, Good. <laughs> what the hell is that? I love the ones that are American because they're just why. They're like, awesome. Laserfax ga koko made compact ni downsizing. Refax 100L shin tojo. Good. Rico. Why would like in he in our country, right? If they aired a commercial in Japanese, we'd be like, "What the fuck?" But yeah. in Japan, it's like they're 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 speaking English, and, and like, everyone they're loves like, it. This is great. Yeah. I'll buy this. Like <laughs> weird. Well, the, that the only thing that American culture adopted in the uh, late nineties was those like dragon shirts, those dragon button downs with like oh, Japanese yeah. writing on right. it. And shit. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, we liked it. We did. Then we have an unnecessarily like gangster hip hop bubblelicious yeah, no, commercial. Is weird. <laughs> There's no English in this commercial. It's like they're rapping in Japanese and they're wearing like, you know, like New York, you yes. know, style attire. But it's for bubblegum. Yeah, it's for bubblegum. Which was a good gum. It had some yeah. great flavors. Then imitation Helen Hunt here. This is weird. Who may be Jodie Foster now that I think about it. Oh, maybe it is Jodie Foster. <laughs> tells us about the Honda Civic. Our planet, our society, ourselves. Today's car is a conception of our new point of view. Yes, the Civic is quite a car. You know, Jodie Foster and Helen Hunt always did look very similar in the 90s, at least. You think so? They had very similar haircuts at the time. Well, yeah, they had that typical, like, Meg Ryan had that hair, too. A lot of them had that hair. So, Michelle mm, Pfeiffer. Maybe it was Jodie Foster. I think that was Jodie Foster. You know, like, this is what I meant about people making a lot of money off Japanese commercials. You always hear, like, celebrities who were big in Japan. Maybe that was her. Maybe she had to take a look back. But Honda, Honda Civic. Yeah, Honda Civic. So buy that. And then a weird like tennis ball. Yeah, they like take two tennis balls, like a red one and a blue one, and then they crush them together and make one tennis ball. And they're like, it's good or something. (laughs) (laughs) But first of all, what the hell color are their tennis balls over there? What's that about? I don't know. I was thinking once like has a better bounce. So they're like, we merge them into one one tennis ball. So now you could get like the slow and the fast. Maybe. I that could it be. Made no sense. Then a hot air balloon looks like shit by Mitsubishi or something. Right. What was that? Like, yeah, that, it was introducing like, the new Mitsubishi hot air balloon. <laughs> it's like, go get that. No, it was <laughs> what probably, was that? Maybe it was just like a general, like, buy Mitsubishi shit. Like, because and it, they have hot air balloons? Well, it was back in the day where somebody had a, a balloon in general, like the Goodyear blimp or whatever. Like, they, they would just do that. But this was but, a hot air balloon, not even like a blimp. Yeah, but a blimp just says a logo on it, yet you know the company. Maybe it's just an awareness kind of thing. 
So we had uh, Mitsubishi Hot Air Balloon Awareness Month. Yeah, maybe that's what maybe it was. Maybe that's what it is. Let's go back to ringside because we have Japanese Craig to George, <laughs> and he says some shit while kids just like dick around behind him. At yeah, ringside. There's, there's one Japanese kid, like more of a teenager, like posing like Hulk Hogan, yeah. like doing that, and another one who's just like hi, yeah, like, like peering into the camera, yeah. like doofily. Yeah, back to the ring, and this is the funniest, weirdest, inexplicable part of the show. Yeah, I don't even think we need to name the guys because I don't know anyone involved in this match. But no, it's I don't just either. The weirdest match of all of them. So we, you've heard, folks, of the Hatfields and the McCoys, perhaps. Perhaps you've heard of the Jets and the Sharks. Well, yeah. this is Tiger Shulman versus the Swishy Jackets. Okay, yes. so let me <laughs> to be more exact, karate versus wrestling. Yeah, karate like, versus which, wrestling. Which I did notice when looking for stuff that this seems to be a common thread in these early nineties that they usually have a karate versus wrestling match for some reason. Hey, I think whatever. that was an Noki thing. I'm not sure. Sounds like a Noki. Yeah. So here's what we've got. Two guys with their posse mm-hmm. of their karate gi posse come out, yeah. and they're fighting these other two guys that are wrestlers. So they don't have karate gis on, right? They have swishy jackets, yes. like the you know those '90s swishy the Kurt Hennig memorial jacket yeah, that exactly. I always say. <laughs> they also had the pants on too, the they, swishy pants. One has black, one has white. I think of the yeah. wrestlers. Yeah. This looks like a worked shoot, which I'm assuming it is. It gets wildly out of hand. It does, but yeah. it's really fun because basically what you have is like tornado tag style. Mm-hmm. So everyone's in the ring at the same time, but then outside the ring in the midst of this, like what looks to be a shoot fight, it's not. There's no way yeah. it is, but it's too weird. Like It's it, too it's weird. Too goofy. But the competing camps now are fighting. So like the swishy jackets are fighting the karate gi people outside. Yeah, it's crazy. And you literally said to me, I like the entire Tiger Shulman class on the outside. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. It, I mean, they literally, they're like so excited. It's like their masters are fighting or something. It's really funny. The crowd loves it. Yeah. No, this is really popular and it's fun to watch. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, it's a lot of choking, a lot of striking, a lot of submissions, a lot of suplexes, a lot of no selling. It's just a brawl. It's a giant brawl, yeah, right? It's just a big brawl. So then we get White Pants gets a huge suplex and then another one onto the other karate guy and yeah. they get the win after you know, five, six, eight minutes. Yeah, there is one thing I like about this match is that anytime one team would get, like, the other guy away, yeah. they would, like, always, like, double team and they both do submission holds and, like, one guy would take the arm and the other guy would take the leg on the <laughs> same guy and they would just, like, destroy him. Like, it was just fun. Like, just so goofy. It's basically, like, how you have to, like, win a tag match in a WWF video game. Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> watching, like, someone play, like, SmackDown yes. video games where it's, like, just way too over yes. the top. You have to throw one guy out of the ring so you can double team one, you know, yeah. That exactly. type of thing. Yeah. It was very funny. So they get the win with the sleeper and then streamers abound. But then the swishy coats fight the karate geese again on yeah, the inside. It, so at the end, like everyone just piles into the ring. It's just beating the shit out of each other. And then it just cuts the commercial. Very, very interesting yeah. here. All right. Let's go back to some commercials here. Yep. There's a seal in the water. <laughs> you know what this commercial's for? Uh, computers. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, I always like seals with my computers. Me too. I mean, when you bought the computer that we do this podcast on, you mm-hmm. got a free seal with it, right? Yeah. If you did, it wasn't from Japan, obviously. Maybe it's a pun and it's like a seal of approval. <laughs> People yell about the newspaper, but then beer makes it better or something. Yeah, they're just like, ah, beer. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like real life, to be honest. Sort of. Then Japanese doctors hanging out in a van. Yeah, d- this is kind of hilarious because it reminds me of like... um like making a difference fatu or something like that. It's yeah. like they're going on tour and like the, <laughs> the touring like, doctors. When you think of that, you think more like, I guess because we're Americans, you always think of like the American charities. I never just 
it never went in my head that oh other countries do this like, like yeah the red cloths yeah okay and then there's some like some weird parade going on and it's for like some goop in a bottle I don't know what this commercial was it's a bunch of people dancing around in fucking construction paper uniforms and it's for this vague like supplement in a weird like orangey poop colored bottle it was weird now it's, it's time Japan. now it's time for the WBF portion of the show oh this is bizarre. As we work out with some Japanese wrestler, man. yeah, maybe I think it's one of the wrestlers. It looks like one of the wrestlers. It does, and he's playing tug of war with some lady that has shemp hair. Yeah, so he's going to show us how to work out with a towel, like how or a use, diaper or something. Using what was a it? towel, you can do all these workouts. So they play tug of war with it for a while, right? And I and I did say to you, it's amazing that the Jill Taylor hair of the early '90s did not like. It was able to escape America and like infect other countries. It's unfortunate. Yeah, is what this, I would say. This lady has terrible hair. She has awful hair. Yeah. I have no earthly idea what the point of this is. It's because... just to show you how to work out to become a wrestler, obviously. But I don't. Is this a vignette? Because like maybe this guy's like telling, doing exposition the whole time. I'll tell you, Joe. Just from when I had to do research to find this, this is like a common thing and it will be like other wrestlers. I saw one where like Chono was like using workout equipment and he was advertising the equipment. Like, but it was like a big long segment where he was like using the weights and stuff. You sure? Yeah. So this is like common. Okay. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they have hoodies on and they walk around outside reuse stage from street fighter. I don't know <laughs> what was going on there. Yeah. Let's go back to ringside because now we have Japanese Chris Cruz saying right. stuff. And we've got a very interesting match here, I guess is our main event, you would yeah. call it. It is the IWGP Tag Team Champions. The heavyweight title. The heavyweight, the yes. Muto, not the great Muta. Kenji Muto. The, now, this is his alter ego. Yeah, so like, you know how nowadays we have Finn Balor and he turns into the demon when he gets angry? Yes. That's basically like Muto, Muto is the non-demon version. Of Muta. Yeah. The great. Of, the great Muta. He's Muta. not as great either. No. He's just, he's just Kenji. <laughs> and his tag team partner here is Hiroshi Hase. Yes. Which is great. And they're fighting Team WCW, apparently. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, real. <laughs> the team of Scott Flash Norton, who I really like in Japan only, yeah. and not ever in WCW. No, not his team with Marcus no. Alexander Bagwell oh God, no. or Buff Bagwell Ugh. at the time. And Brad Armstrong, the good Armstrong. Yeah, not Road Dog or... No, not Road Dog. <laughs> yeah. And you said to me, Muto looks stupid without the face paint. Yeah, he just looks like he should come in and be like, hi, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like It's like not threatening at all. Not at like, all. Because you've ever seen the great Muda. He's got the karate pants on and the face paint. And he and spits mist. mist he's everything. awesome. Stereotypical. This guy sucks. Like, he's got like the short tights on. He's got like Ken Shamrock tights. He looks like crap. <laughs> like, he just, it's like, it's basically like we haven't powered him up enough. Yes. And it's like, this is what like Hase has to deal with as his tag partner. <laughs> yeah, because is the star of this team. Right, they're the tag. Match. They're the tag team champions yes, too. They in are. ninety, in the early nineties, so yep. it's not like belt or water down or anything, mm -hmm. and especially in Japan. So. Absolutely. So we clip, or I guess more accurately, we do like a wipe, a video wipe. Yeah, ahead. <laughs> this was clearly again from some other show. Yeah, and it was pro. It, it says at the end of all the matches. By the way, I should say this: how long the matches were on the right. bottom of the screen. Yeah, and I believe at the end of this one, it said it was like twenty-two minutes. So like, it was definitely they did clipped. not have time no. for that. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. But basically, what's going on here is Armstrong's getting his butt kicked by mm -hmm. Hase. 
half crab by Hase using his head to help with the half crab leverage. It's pretty good. It was pretty good, actually. Yeah. He used his noggin I there. like this match, actually. It's good. Uh, Brad Armstrong fights back a bit, but Mudo tags in and does some kicks and leg locks, and then Brad reverses a toehold into a small package for two. This sure is a match. It is a match. Yeah. Hase has a horrible mustache and a mullet, by the way, <laughs> and as he has Brad Armstrong in like a half crab, Norton just storms in and punches him. Norton's the best part of this match because he just does not give a shit about the rules. Yeah. Like, it's just like, these Japanese guys are smaller than me. I'm going to beat them up when I can. It's really good. Yeah. Mudo chases him out. Uh, Brad, meanwhile, is now in the scorpion hold, of course, because everyone uses that, apparently. You mean the sharpshooter? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he makes the ropes, and then Hase with a berry-to-berry for two, and then a back supre. <laughs> and then this is very interesting. You had to go there, didn't you? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> then, a big swing by Hase. Awesome, like Cesaro, like, and he does like 20 in a row or yeah. something ridiculous. The crowd counts along and everything. In Japanese, in Japanese, so I don't know which numbers they were on. No, I don't so. either. Um, but I think it was 20. Yeah, but then it looked ha- like 20. Of course, Hase's dizzy also, so as he staggers near Scott great. Norton, yeah. Norton just whacks him with a clothesline. Yeah, he just clotheslines him from the apron. He's yes. like on the other side of the ropes. He's just like, he's like wobbling around and Norton's just like, you're in my way. Get out of my way. <laughs> it's really him. good. Yeah. Then he finally tags in, Norton does, and Sue plays them both at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. awesome great big power slam onto muto and he press slams brad onto hase and then brad with a nice missile drop kick and then a heart attack what the hell the face team weird right yeah and they awesome. are the faces by the way i think they're getting cheered anyway well, oh, well, the americans are you brought a good point up this is actually a good time to bring this up what you said to me while we were watching the show that there really is no healer face. It's like, this is sports. Yeah. Cheer for your favorite. It's like, pick who you want kind of thing. Like, like baseball? Th- guys act, yeah. Like, guys <laughs> act more healish, sure. obviously. Sure. But it's more like a home and visitor kind of, <laughs> and, and, in that kind of way, rather than like, uh, this guy's horrible. You're right, though. Yeah. It really is more, yeah. it's more like football, you right. know? It's like the Super Bowl, like no one's home kind yeah, of, because exactly. they're in some other stadium. It's like, they, they, sometimes they do dicky things, sometimes yeah. they don't. <laughs> like it's just it just happens it's just the way it is yeah so I, yeah you might be right here's where norton <laughs> makes the biggest blunder of his career because he goes for the three-point stance right but they casually muto and hase just move over and like toss him out of the ring they just kind of like back body drop him yeah. over the top which which sucks because they could have <laughs> literally like they had this match in hand they did they could have been the international wrestling grand, grand prix, prix Tag team, yeah, heavyweight tag team champions, and they blew it. So they just kill Brad now, yeah. the Japanese guys do. Oh, they do. destroy him. They kill him, and then Mudo hits a moonsault for the win. Why would Norton try to steal Jim Duggan's finishing move, you by the way? steal Duggan's move. It costs you the uh, IWGP titles. Oh, it's a lesson learned, huh? Yeah. He'd never reach those heights again, did Scott Norton. Imagine I'm, if I mean, Duggan funny. came to Japan, he would never win a match. He actually did in that weird SWS crossover with WWF. That's not New Japan. He jobbed to Kendo Nagasaki in like two minutes, and it was amazing. <laughs> to like a knee to the gut. <laughs> it's on like one of those tapes and it's freaking oh, hilarious it's really funny so let's get some more commercials to close it out here there's some bar maybe a diner counter I'm not sure and some yeah. guy has like a weird hat on I'm not sure what's going on mm-hmm. then a family is like in a garbage dump <laughs> well pool. you don't know at first they're like in their house and you think oh it's a nice family in their house and it pans out and it, their room is like in literally in an actual dump it's very very sad 
Yeah, and I don't know if this is like the Japanese version of the crying Indian commercial, like oh, pollution or something like that. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yes, yes like, it is. That's what it is. <laughs> this is their version of Make America Great Again or whatever it's yeah. called. Keep America Cleaner. Keep America Cleaner, this maybe. Is cl- like, keep Japan out of the garbage. Yeah, it had some logo for some corporation afterwards, probably like the waste management of, <laughs> of Japan. Is the Yakuza in on that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we you could buy a weird piano or maybe go to school or buy a book. I'm not sure yeah. what this commercial was for. <laughs> they show a piano and then in a school and then someone they reading just, a book. They just leave. And then like, it's, it's just, just gone. Just, yeah. <laughs> what was that for? Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> it just, maybe it's just like go to school. like And play the piano? Like a, P, a PSA kind of thing. I don't know what it was. Then I don't know what this commercial is, but there's like some gross pimple goo. That's <laughs> Japan. I don't know. What the talk. 90s acne craze strikes again quinn oh right this See? is the japanese 90s acne craze i guess they have it too yeah and then more sushi juice have some of that clear sushi sushi uh coconut juice whatever yeah. it is it goes good with the sushi it does it goes very yeah. well and then we get the closing theme as which muto the, and hase celebrate yeah which is the opening theme which we yes. should be playing now oh yeah don't yeah. worry it's it's so happy it's and good. the happiest thing well that was new japan what'd you think of that joe yeah i want your like you know I like this kind of crap. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, you're on the fence, it seems, about New Japan. Like, it could go either way. On the what, border, if you will. Yeah. What, what do you think of this New Japan wrestling? I really like the opener. Yes. The versus uh, Liger was very good. Mm-hmm. That was legitimately a very good match. That six man was admittedly horrible. I think you and I can both agree to that. Uh, yes. It's was very bad. boring. It's not it, just because we didn't know who they were. It was boring. It's like any wrestling. Yeah. It's like sometimes there's a bad match. Right. And yeah. that's fine. Of yeah. course. I know that. I yeah. know not everything in Japan is like amazing. Yeah. And then the uh, that karate shit. I have no idea like what that was, but that was fun. <laughs> that was super fun, right? For for not knowing what was going on. There's no subtitles. There's no English. You That's know? what I do like about Japanese. Sometimes they'll just throw some like random yeah. crazy shit. Like that's just like their mo. It was great. There's always some humor with Japanese stuff. That was very funny. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the workout segment was pointless. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was really weird. And the uh, the last match there was great. That was yeah. fun. Good tag match. The yeah. Muto and Hase versus the, the white guys. That was yeah. good. Uh, overall, it was very pleasant. Good. Very enjoyable uh, yeah. hour en- of television. I enjoyed it, too, because actually, believe it or not, that was the first time I ever was able to get my hands on a, the, the television version of New Japan, not the four-hour shows yes, or course. whatever. Like, I always wanted to see how it was, like, edited together, how, like, people saw it week to week yeah. rather than when they saw an event yeah sure we only sure. see the event so to me it was just a great learning experience i thought it was very interesting how the commercials and stuff were like integrated into the show yeah you don't see that like even today you cannot find the current episodes of this correct like, yeah i don't know where they are i don't know like, but no it, it was fun it was very interesting that was obviously Quinn's request there. That wasn't requested yes. by anybody else. But I do want to make mention, folks, because I haven't stressed this enough here as we wrap up this week's show. If you have at any time any requests about anything, whether it's a Mount Rushmore and Death Valley topic, something for us to review, whatever you want us to talk about, head on over to our website and go to the suggestion box there. It's a Google sheet where you can type in your name and whatever you want us to talk about. But in the meantime, feel free to reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can, of course, go to our website, OVP Podcast. Check out all the links, including to our Facebook group Mm -hmm. and to our Patreon account. If you'd love to donate, we'd be happy to have that. Yes, we would. And there's rewards are coming. And the rewards are coming. Of course, uh, please leave us an iTunes review. We would love that as well. Yes. And until next time, we'll be in November already, Quinn, which is very, very strange. In a couple of days, it'll be November. And next week, we will be back with you for episode number 56. 
to talk more about the world of the retro wrestling. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week. See ya. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.